Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. And welcome back to another episode of Middle Age Warriors. And our Middle Age Warrior, my partner, is back from the hospital, back from surgery. He truly is a warrior. Rick, welcome back. Thank you, Chris. It's good to be back. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you, man, when you go through hospitalization for, never mind the COVID stuff, but this was a voluntary operation that I had to go in for uh, on my lower back. And I've been putting it off forever. And uh, really props to our healthcare workers. They're amazing. But you're a warrior anytime you go into a hospital and and want to get at it anytime soon. So, no, well, you look great. I, Question well, though, real quick before we get to our guest Did you feel in the hospital? I mean, you've been in for surgeries before, you've been in hospitals obviously before. Did you feel the condition or the state of the hospital a little bit different because we're coming in the midst of this? That's pandemic? a good question. Um, you know, you're aware of it because they are constantly, and I mean constantly, coming in to take your temperature, check your blood pressure and to make sure that you're okay. And the, the staff is, everybody is totally masked up um, to the point that you can't see faces most of the time. You just see these right. people in these face masks coming at you to take blood <laughs> or uh, take your blood pressure. But I have to, if I can't give props to the people and the crew and the staff at Mount Sinai in the spinal cord uh, operation area, who did amazing jobs. I mean, I was there two weeks ago. I was in for a few days, and now I'm home oh. dancing the jig again. Dancing again. Well, again. Or something. Welcome back, and you truly are a warrior. And uh, our, guest, our guest today probably really would have a problem with me saying he's a middle-aged warrior, so I'm just going to call him a warrior. It's Alfredo Galvan from 93.1 FM. Is it still a more? Alfredo. It is Amor. Yeah. Oh, Amor. How fitting. How fitting. How are you it's today? It's a love Alfredo? station. How are you guys? We are good. good. Welcome, welcome to Middle yeah. Age Warriors. Is it okay if you're kind of in that class of now being a Middle Age Warrior? Well, I mean, I guess I am. I'm 50 years old, and Ooh. I don't know a lot of 100 year olds walking yeah. around <laughs> this earth. So I, I probably am past. I'm past the uh, Middle Age thing. Plus, I got my. AARP card. Oh, that's yeah. that's the yeah. slam dunk right there. I was going to say. I got it 50, on the mail. <laughs> yeah. If you're 50 and you got something from AARP, dude, you're in the program. Let me ask you this, Alfredo. Did you tear it up and throw it in the garbage like I did for the Oh, first I screamed in front of my house. <laughs> it, I was in front of the mailbox and I was like, how dare you? How dare you? And I, you know... I, I don't even know where it is. No, I, I am now a member, but it took me a long time to get. Oh. And, and on their behalf, let me just say they have great discounts. <laughs> okay. Well, so, I'm, I'm not ready for that. Alfredo yet. doesn't want to talk about that. No. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Okay, so, so tell us a little bit, of, you know, there's a few things going on. Well, first, let, give me a little bit of background. Give our listeners a little bit of background. I know you through mm -hmm. uh, my better half, Edme DeJesus. You guys went to school together. And we'll talk mm -hmm. about a little story later on. In the show, about what are you gonna say? Oh my god, I'm holding out. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you are you are with 93.1 FM, and how long mm -hmm. have you been uh, with these guys? Well, I've been with the company for like for 21 years, 
which well, that's is unbelievable. incredible, incredible at this point, especially in media. You know, these people make decisions very fast in terms of. Uh, I don't know what you're talking who's, about. Who's on the air? Of course you do. You do, Chris. I have stories from you too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, it, I've been there for 21 years. Um, I've not been on the air for 21 years. I um, I started as a copywriter there, mm. but I didn't. I, I started in 1998 with them, and I didn't go on the air until 2001. Okay, so they they kept you off off mic for a long time, didn't they? They did. Yeah, you were young. You were you were a young puppy. Back. Yeah, I wasn't really going into a career in in radio. I I joined the company because I I needed a job, and this copywriting thing just came up. They were looking for one. Someone recommended me, and I went there and I did an interview, and I got it. But there was a programming director there. His name was Al Fuentes, and he. I guess he saw in me some potential and he asked me to to be on the show. They were doing a new morning show on a more and they needed one, uh, someone for the morning show on a more. And he asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, no, (laughs) I said no, like three or four times, actually. Wow, Um, that's honesty. But he was very insistent. I don't know what, I don't know what he saw in me, in, in me, but, um, you know, after like four times, I said, okay, let's give this a try and try to see. And yeah, the rest is history. I'm, I'm still there. <laughs> so I, was Alfredo, I have a question for you because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Obviously, working in radio to be offered a, a position on the morning show. Mm-hmm. And Chris obviously knows this from his TV experience. And I know this from my radio experience. Please think carefully or don't answer this at all if you don't want to. But was there a fear factor in going into mornings that you didn't know what exactly was the reason why you were like, no, nah, that's it. Or was it the fact that you didn't want the alarm to go off at 3.45 in the morning? I didn't think that I had the voice for it. I was, I, you know, I don't really have a voice for radio. All the people that were there, they all had like these deep voices yeah. and mm-hmm. these like radio uh, right. voices. And I didn't really think that I had that. I had that. But at that point, what they told me was that um, they were looking for personality. They were not looking for voice. Mm-hmm. They had enough voices. They wanted to, you know, do something different. They thought I had the personality for it. Yeah. And I think that still is going on. You know, they, they prefer someone that can, that can be an improviser, they, they, that can improvise, that can, you know, talk about different things and just show personality uh, through the airwaves. That's something that, you know, they they still do. I was going to say before when you were talking about, was it Fuentes? What was his first name? Was it? Al Fuentes, Fuentes? yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, he was being so persistent. I thought, well, he must have been at a party or two with you because I will say (laughs) that that is when you see this person. No, but you do have a charm and a personality that draws people to you. In a good way. And I say that. In, oh, in, thank in, you. Thank you. And I'm, thank and you I'm glad much. that, you know, that somebody saw that. And, and for you, mm-hmm. from that point, 
So did the job start to become more than, it wasn't work, it was fun. It was fun to go and do this and to be able to mm -hmm. be yourself on the air. Did you start to feel that early on or did that take time? I started to, I started to feel it after, not in the beginning, after, after a few months. After a few mm -hmm. months in there, I, I mean, I was scared. I was, I was completely sure. terrified. That first day was horrible, horrible. I was like, I, I was supposed to be talking. I, I, we were having a concert. We have concerts with like different, different artists, like a bunch of artists together. And we were doing profiles on each of the artists that were um, going to be in this concert. And since I was going to be the entertainment guy, they were like, okay, so you're going to do these profiles. And here you go. Here's a press release from, you know, the record company and talk about this guy. And I was just petrified. And I read the thing word for word. And it was so horrible. Very and they were looking at each other. They were looking at each other because this guy was the, the Al Fuentes, who was the programming director. He was also the host of the show with this other woman, uh, Gloria B, who's... Uh, on the uh, radio station at 10 a.m. now, but mm -hmm. she was uh, the one of the co-hosts, and they started looking at each other like, "Oh my God, what, what is he doing? <laughs> what have we done here? <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> it's the last day of this kid." <laughs> but they were very patient with me. They were very patient, and you know, they they explained to me later that you know it wasn't just about reading something; it was about you know, me just talking about this artist and, and being truthful about it and, and just to show what my take was on this, this artist, not, not just to read from this thing. But they didn't tell me that. They didn't tell me that. They, <laughs> they just gave me a press release, right. you know? So that's what I read. You know, it, it, there's quite often, there's so many stories, and I have had stories of it as well, and, and Rick probably does. You know, when it comes to broadcasting, particularly early in our career, they throw you in the deep end of the pool before they mm -hmm. even ask you if you know how to swim. And exactly. Yeah. It's just, mm -hmm. you, you know, so well, figure it out. And you know, that, that story seems to pervade throughout uh, the industry. So now yeah. for you, you've been doing that. So it, has it always been mornings for the most part? It always has been mornings. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, I did when I, okay. Because that, that first cycle of that show lasted almost 10 years. Oh my goodness. And then um, the show was canceled during the, uh, the recession that we had in 2009, right. 2008, something like that. Um, they canceled the show. That's when I started doing TV. And then uh, they said, oh, we want you to be in the afternoon with, with Gloria, with the same woman. And then I started doing that the afternoon, but it wasn't the same. And it, um, I mean, it didn't work out. Mm. Um, so that lasted like four months only. Oh. Do you find as uh, an AM person, and Rick was an AM person as well, and, and mm -hmm. I was on the television side for most of my career at least, uh, there, there's sort of a certain kinship I think you develop with the audience because everybody's up early. Generally speaking, nobody really wants to freaking be up that early, but they are. Mm -hmm. And they've turned yeah. to you to hear you or listen to you or listen to the tunes you're gonna play and talk about whatever you're talking about. There's, there's, a, there's a much deeper connection, I think, with a morning mm -hmm. audience than there is, not to poo-poo or put down the other ones, uh, the afternoon and evening drive type of thing. But, mm -hmm. but do you feel like the morning, you connected better with your audience? I think, I think there is a different connection in the morning. And they, 
you know, they're more eager to, to call you also because we have a lot of uh, audience participation and in the morning they seem to be more, you know, they, they want to call you up while they're driving, for example, or right. they're like, you know, in the kitchen making their breakfast or whatever. And they call you, they call you from any, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, it's part um, of their, it's part of the routine of their day. You're part of their family. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, they, they do feel a connection. It's a, a very, it's kind of hard to understand because in the beginning you're like, okay, so um, why are these people, why are these people calling me? What do they care about? <laughs> what the hell I have to say? Exactly. Exactly. And, and you kind of don't know what to expect, but I think with time you kind of realize that, yeah, we are part of the, of this of the people's routine, you know, and uh, they feel like, you know, they can participate and, and sure. that's great. I, th- oh. I think it's fantastic. No, that's, that, that connection is important. So let's move fast forward and talk about what has it been like now during this pandemic? Obviously you've had to work from home. Uh, give me your thoughts about that in terms of good, bad, what's good about it? What's bad about it? Do you like it? Not like it? Well, what's good about it is that I don't have to wake up at four in the morning. <laughs> I'm sure. The show is Back at 6 a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm. show is from 6 to 10 a.m. And we have, uh, the show actually starts at 5.30, but the 5.30, that half hour is recorded. We oh. recorded the day before. Oh, wow. So we don't have to like rush in or sound like we just woke up, you know. Nice. So uh, we record that the day before and uh, they play that. So for me to get there, I have to wake up at four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in New Jersey. The, the radio station is in uh, on 26th Street mm-hmm. in uh, Manhattan. So, you know, it's a it's a long commute. It's like an hour from here. So I have to wake up early in now because, you know, I just walk from my bed to the computer. <laughs> Tough commute. Tough commute. Exactly. <laughs> I I can wake up at 5.30 in the morning. And, you know, in the beginning, I, I was kind of hesitant about it because I do like going to the city. I, I don't like staying in here. Uh, but now I'm kind of getting used to it. I don't know if that's bad. And I don't know if, you know, when we get to go back, if I'm going to hate it again. <laughs> yeah, well, that's an interesting thing though. Think about it because mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't, this isn't something we've all done for like two, three weeks. Now you're getting months and months. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what that feels like. Yeah. I, I do have a question for you and that is uh, how it impacted your nightlife uh, from being an entertainment reporter. I'm sure you were out and about and doing things and yeah having to look at your watch all the time and saying, oh, geez, I should be going to bed. <laughs> well, that's a very good question. It didn't impact my nightlife at all when I was younger. Really? <laughs> when you were younger. <laughs> yeah. When I started the show, I would, you know, I would just go about my life and I would go to parties and I would go to bars and, you know, uh-huh. all that stuff. And we also have a lot of, um, I mean, we, we do have events. We have concerts and stuff and, you know, we have to go there and then be there in the morning. And in the beginning, it was okay with me. Like I was, I was going from the club 
to the radio station. Right. <laughs> and I had no problem doing that. And I didn't sound like, you know, like I was, you know, drunk or whatever. You know? Right. Um, later in life, you know, you get, I guess your body changes. I, I, you think? The only, <laughs> that's the only explanation that I have for that. Um, and, and then it stopped kind of, it, I don't, I don't need it as much. I don't need to like, I don't actually don't miss uh, these parties or anything like that. It, you know, yeah. just get comfortable and. Well, you know, like, you know, it's kind of been there, done that. And right. to be able yeah. to say that you've mm-hmm. done it is yeah. great. But I but also I used to do it. Yeah. And Chris and I have had this discussion for many years. Uh, so welcome to the family here. And that is <laughs> for doing mornings for too long, we're convinced it shaves years off the end of your life. So. Yeah. Well, we hope not, but but again, you know, pacing yourself as you start to get a little Mm -hmm. older is is part of it. And as long as you, you know, I always like to say, you know, you front load your life with the fun. Uh, You got that out of your system. So the Mm -hmm. need is not there as much as you get a little bit older. And so you don't resent the job because you're okay with this. This Mm -hmm. is all working out okay. So to bring up something, I hope you don't mind too personal, was the last few months, Mm -hmm. you look amazing. You've done some. Oh, thank you. Some, some thank you, Chris. I'll send you that check later. <laughs> <laughs> no, but t- tell everybody. I mean, you've you've shed a few. You look fantastic. Uh-huh. What, what's going on? What what uh, was the impetus behind that? I did, and it was. Um, it's so funny because actually, not a lot of people have seen me in person since mm-hmm. I lost the weight. Um, because this whole thing happened, the, the, the pandemic, and uh, I haven't been outside that much. Uh, I started it in the end of February, and I, I did want to lose some weight. I was thinking about it. I was not actively thinking about it, um, but then we got an advertiser <laughs> at, at the radio station Huh. Wanted to advertise with us, and it it is a holistic diet center. Wow! And they were like, um, you know, is someone interested that's on the air to do to do this diet? And I was like, okay, I'll I'll do it. Uh, they were paying for it because it was very expensive. Thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, I started the plan, and actually, it was one of the best things that I've done um, because I was, I was eating a lot of crap. Let me tell you, I was, I was eating a lot of crap and I was eating at, you know, at, at times of the day when you're not supposed to be eating. That's the morning. Shift, um, does it? Yeah, exactly. And you, you know, you, you order pizzas at freaking like 11 PM and you eat the whole thing. And, you know, you've been doing this for years and years and, I guess the body sends you messages that, that, you know, this is not a good thing for you. I was not really seeing myself as a, as a fat person or as someone that was overweight. I was, I was happy with, yeah. the, with my weight. I just didn't, didn't know that I was doing harm to my body. Right. Uh, until I started doing this and I started feeling different and, mm. you know, my sugar went down and the, uh, my blood pressure went down, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff. And I'm like, you know what, this, this feels kind of good. I, I lost 30 pounds 
Uh, wow. But uh, yeah, diet, I, I feel good now. Yeah, you bring up a good point that sometimes you know we get caught up in I have to lose weight because of the way I look. But yeah. there's a bigger mm-hmm. issue that, especially the older we get, where the threat of diabetes and all these other things that can start to happen from being overweight. Mm-hmm. How about I've got to get in better shape so I feel better and I'm going to live yeah. longer and live better. And, mm-hmm. you know, the look and the appearance, that's an extra bonus, actually. To you, you also have that pressure for, because, I mean, you were on TV. Yeah, that's, TV, Chris, yeah. And you also have that pressure, oh, absolutely. Uh, which I also felt when I was doing TV. And, uh, yeah, when you're doing radio, you just don't think about those things. Right, Rick? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> look at me now. <laughs> I, I do have a question for you mm-hmm. uh, along a personal nature, and that is, how having to shift gears and do a morning show impacted your social life and relationships that you had have um, because mm-hmm. it's it's like they say when when one person has the illness the whole family has the illness yeah. when one person is doing mornings the whole family is doing mornings so mm-hmm. I'm curious to know how that impacted relationships that you had or still have yeah. It, it did have an impact, especially because when I started doing the show, I was also doing theater. I'm, I'm, I'm a theater guy. I'm, I, I was a theater director for uh, a while. That's why I came here. I came to New York to uh, study, to do my master's in theater directing. And I was doing it for a while. And I was doing the show in the morning, then working in the, uh, in the office until like 5 p.m., Right. And then going to rehearsal uh, until midnight. And again, when you're younger, you just do it. And you just don't think about it. I did have a relationship during the, the beginning of my, um, of doing this. And that lasted two years. That lasted two years because, you know, it was too hectic. Then that ended and I was... I was doing, I had the same, you know, routine every day that when I was doing the theater and stuff. And then I, I started a, a relationship after that. When I think when I hit like the third year of that relationship, I decided to, to stop doing theater because I wanted to concentrate more on what I was doing uh, on radio, in radio. And I also had this relationship that I had to take care of. I'm not with that person anymore, I would, but we lasted 13 years. Oh, wow. So that, that's a lot. That's but, I, but you bring up a good point. Mm-hmm. After a while, we have to prioritize and figure out what is yeah. it we really need because we just can't, you can't juggle the six balls in the air at one time. You got to cut it down to at least mm-hmm. four or something like that. Yeah. So, you're more willing to do it when you're younger, sure, I, I have sure. to say. Absolutely. And then you get to a point where you are, where you are like, okay, so this this thing is also very important to me. Uh, think, you have to choose. You have to do something. Absolutely. Another important point. I know you're. you're I, I'm assuming your life is kind of an open book for the most part, but uh, yes, it is. <laughs> something something I, I think is important to talk about, though, in the mm-hmm. process for you uh, as a gay Latino man, mm-hmm. that whole process of of social stigmas and all sorts of things being attached to it, being in the media. What was that process like for you? I know you have a story mm-hmm. behind it because I've heard it personally from you. Yeah. Um, I, well, I didn't talk about it in the beginning, but, you know, you don't have to be a Einstein to know <laughs> that I am gay. 
And I mean, you just have to listen to me for two seconds. I don't know what you're and, talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't talk about it. And I think there was a <clears throat> lot of, there were a lot of people around me that, that were telling me not to be open mm -hmm. uh, on the air. I didn't have a problem with the company, with my coworkers, with, I mean, everybody knew. Uh, okay. That's cool. And uh, yeah, sometimes the listeners will, would call and ask me, ask me that. And I would just like, you know, I would just start talking about something else or, you know, whatever. I never talked about it. Um, I actually we have a president who does that. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a president who does that really well. Is he gay too? <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. nothing would surprise me anymore. So go ahead. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. On with Alfredo's story. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true. Um, no, I, I actually, during that first cycle of those nine and a half years, um, I never talked about it. Mm. It wasn't until I came back um, and I've, I've, I've come back to the show. Um, it's going to be three years now. It wasn't until then when they called me to, to, to do the show again. I was like, listen, um, I'm kind of tired of, uh, you know, not talking about this and not like, you know, just not be open. And the thing is that you feel kind of like a hypocrite when with the audience because you're asking the audience to open up for you for whatever topic we're talking about and stuff. And I, I felt, and I told my programming director at the time, I was like, I cannot do the show, you know, in good conscience if I am not, if I don't talk about it, mm -hmm. if I don't, you know, I'm open about it. And I just, I just said it one day. I just, one of, one of the days that we were doing the show, we, we said, and it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like a, a big coming out party for Alfredo. It was just like, right. you know, we, it was just in passing and, you know, I, I thought that maybe people were going to get, I don't know, because it, those things, you have those like little voices in your head that say, oh, people are going to be pissed and they're not, you know, they're going to turn the, the radio off. And that didn't happen at all. That right. didn't happen at all. No, I so um, I, I think people appreciated the fact that I was a little bit more sincere with that, uh, even though they knew because right. everyone knew, everyone knew. It was just a question of me just opening it up. And, and now when we, we talk about relationships, I can talk about right. the, the right. kind of relationship that I had mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, with a guy, you know? But I, but I think that honesty, that honesty is so empowering to your listeners. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other people out there who are struggling and dealing with themselves and, and you know, coming out. So I mm -hmm. think somebody like you does something like that while for you maybe it didn't necessarily seem like a big deal that's a that's a very important tool to use so to speak in opening mm -hmm. up the world to acceptance and you were part of that so i think that's really that was really a kind of a cool thing uh to finally reach that point uh, yeah. uh -huh. we're tight we're getting tight on my time here unfortunately from a company called zoom but one last okay. thing okay so you talked about theater now mm -hmm. as i'm oh, saying no no, what you are you going to say, Chris? I'm pointing at the screen. I'm pointing at him with my finger. So well, my girlfriend, Edmita Jesus, went to school with you in theater yeah. in San Juan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I believe you were in a, in a particular play or some scene of some kind yeah. where she was supposed to slap you. 
Uh-huh. And she was kind of being afraid, like, well, I don't really want to. And you were like, no, slap me like you mean it. Slap me like you really would slap me. <laughs> and so the story that I hear, mm-hmm. that she whipped off a slap on you, boy, and you reacted instantly and threw her to the ground. Well, let and me tell you something. You have to cut me from <laughs> that. Still a scar that just won't heal. What's the real story? Oh, my God. Well, I don't remember it quite Uh, like that. Um, I mean, we were supposed to be fighting in this scene. Mm -hmm. I think she was playing, I think she was playing a man in, in, in a... Well, not a far stretch from how she treats me, but go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Because we were doing, uh, the play was called La Villana de la Sagra, and they had like a little uh, intermission play where, uh, a very short uh, little play in the in the middle of the big play. In this little scene, we were, all the guys were playing women and the girls were playing men. Oh, okay. And Edme was, I think, was my boyfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> in this thing. Okay. And for some reason, we, we got into a fight. And to, for my, uh, in my defense, no one brought a fight director in there. <laughs> they just told us, they just told us to fight. And it was a little theater. You cannot, if you were in a big theater where, you know, the people are all the way out there, then you, you kind of like, you can fake it, right? right? Right. But we had people all around us and stuff. And yeah, I, tr- I, I did not mean it. I am sorry, Edme. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I did. It was, she wasn't the only person I threw across the, uh, the stage. <laughs> okay. There were a few, and I was thrown across the stage, too. And she hit me first. No, well, her <laughs> story is, well, you asked for it, but, you know. But anyway. And that's a mistake. That's a mistake that, you know, young people make also when, you know, they don't control themselves. That's a, Don't that's do it, people. Alfredo. Well, it's, great, it's really been great talking with you. And now Thank we you. know the real story. Behind Edmy's left hook. Exactly. <laughs> I'll know. I'll know how to duck next time. But uh, exactly. Be be careful because she she hits hard. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you were able to clear that up anyway, and I'm sure she'll have <laughs> rehash and have the version again of her story. But uh, yeah, tell her I'm sorry. <laughs> Not <laughs> a little late for that. But anyway, Alfredo. Thank so much my man for giving me uh, the time you did today you've got a great story about your life and thanks for sharing that i think it's inspirational in different ways for, for people and mm-hmm. just make sure you stay safe stay healthy uh i get to see you before our next christmas party hopefully i know i know and we have to we have to do something we have to do and uh, now that we were talking about nightlife and stuff we we need to you know we need to do that just just in the weekends now only on Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> That's right. We're old. Speak <laughs> for yourself. We're old. Anyways, it's 90 Thank you. Point, 93.1 FM Amor, correct? Yes. Starting at More, yes. All right. Yeah. Well, la Bodega de la Mañana is called. The Bodega of the Morning. It sounds better in Spanish. Sorry. It does, actually. <laughs> it definitely sounds much more melodic. I like the flow to it. Yeah. Continue <laughs> uh, success. Good luck. Get some rest. And, uh, and we'll be talking soon. Thank you very much, Chris and Rick, for having me here. Thanks again, bud. See you soon. 
Hey, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, we're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.